Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. I'd delight to say I'm joined again by my good friend, Matt. Hello, mate. How you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I mean, slightly bored. International break and all that. I, uh, I always get a little bit bored. But yeah, it doesn't feel the same. We're back now. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I, it's funny. I think I said last week. I like the World Cup. I like watching the European Championships. I find the qualifiers and the international friendlies dull. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how many people are with me on that, but I do just find it a bit dull. But um, it's it's given me. A few interesting topics to talk about, though, um, which is sort of cropped up during the international break. So we got kind of a bit of a packed, yeah, got a bit of a packed show. So I think we'll kind of dive straight in. Um, the opening topic Fantastic. that I want to discuss this week with you, good sir, and for everybody listening in, I want to talk about Harry Kane. Okay, I, I want I'm to get always your, happy to talk uh, about Harry opinion. Kane. Yeah, and I'm glad you are. Um, and. I I have got this theory at the moment. I'd love to know what you think. Where we as Tottenham fans, and I'm saying we, I'm including myself in this, at times are all guilty of taking him for granted. Mm. Do you think that's fair? I think probably the biggest example I can think of of taking him for granted is maybe last season when he was injured and we was having a bit of a rough time of things results-wise. And there was a lot of talk of should Harry Kane be in the team? And yeah, it, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, we, we've got one of the best yeah. strikers in the world, and it was. It, and, yeah. and to be fair, look, I'm I'm not going to criticise, you know, because you know it's one of those things where people have got opinions, and also there may be some merit to the argument, but it, it just shows, probably like you say, that possibly we're taking a guy that's like an absolute goal machine, as as he's proved yeah. over the international break, for granted. Yeah, I mean it's. It's interesting the kind of standards he sets, or the kind of expectations, I think, is that when he doesn't score in a game, people pan him. It's kind of like, um, I suppose, if you're a great striker, or or a number nine anyway, you think about the contribution Messi and Ronaldo make to games full stop from the positions they play, even if they don't go on the score sheet, which, which... rare for them to <laughs> but yeah, even exactly. when they don't you know they've contributed to the game and everyone kind of just thinks they're on another planet and they are you know those two are kind of uh wonderful players and i think we've all been kind of blessed to see them at this you know see them in their prime um i i just think when you're a striker like kane um i'm trying to think of a few examples the best example i can give of a striker that comes to mind when i think of similar to harry kane was actually an Argentinian, which isn't a deliberate Tottenham-Argentina reference, because, you know, let's face it, we are practically the the Falklands right now, (laughs) he says, ducking. Um, (laughs) That was a bad reference. Um, But it's Gabriel Batistuta. Do you remember him watching him play? Great player. He was phenomenal. He he was a striker who played in Serie A. Uh, I think he was at Fiorentina for the vast majority of his career there. And then he kind of uh, went to a few different clubs. I think he was at AC Milan as well for a time. Um, but the guy was phenomenal. But he was just an out-and-out goal scorer. He, you know, he wasn't anything else. But he he was loved and is still loved, like worshipped by, by fans for what he did. 
and and Kane for me kind of falls into that. But the the only thing that Kane's got to his game, which Batistuta, uh, you know, Marco van Basten, for example, is another perfect striker example that he has that they didn't. Is he can actually, with a great degree of skill, drop deeper and play as a number ten uh, because his ability to pick a pass is right up there, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree, Sam, yeah. And the thing that I'm finding difficult is when he doesn't score, our own fans are getting on him. And I don't get it. I'm struggling with it. And and like you said about last season, there was this argument that we were a better team without Kane in the side. And the Champions League final kind of debate, it, it was quite... It was quite hurtful when I mean, if I was, I mean, I put myself. He's a very strong character, Harry Kane, and I'd like to think he's strong enough that everything he reads on social media is kind of disregarded. But I remember just reading the stuff on social media where he was being blasted by Tottenham fans for being selfish for for playing in the Champions League final. Um, you know, you've ruined this for us. You, you know, and I'm just reading it. I'm thinking. How how can fans really feel that way about you know we we all sing he's one of our own and yet you know just absolutely tearing him down for for a team you know it's a team game <laughs> yeah I I think I think probably a, a big part of it Sam is that um, because we have hadn't been playing particularly well and obviously obviously we lost the final you know yeah I, I think that it's almost like right. It's looking for a scapegoat, isn't it? It's looking for like yeah, I'm, I'm upset fair, yeah. that we've lost. Who can I look to blame? And I, I, I've spoken to a lot of Spurs fans since the Champions League final, and yeah. probably the consensus amongst most is that he shouldn't have played. He, he was, he probably wasn't. He, he may have been fit, but he wasn't kind of in that. Um, it's like you know when players come back from a pre-season, isn't it? They're always they're yeah. never kind of in that kind of game mentality, aren't they? And because he'd been out yeah. for so long. Yeah. And then you had Lucas, who with all the heroics from the from the semi final against Ajax. It, it is difficult, though. Sorry, just to interrupt you on that one point, though. Can you think of a Tottenham player in that final you felt had a good game, or even a Liverpool player? Yeah, because it was a, it was a dreadful game. It was game. a dire, yeah. dire game of football. You know, both teams, and you know, I, I think I said to you, it might have been on a podcast. It might have just been when we were chatting. The, the thing about the decision making on these players is. And this is kind of ironic, I'm about to say that, because he just missed a penalty. But imagine if we were in the opening minute of that Champions League final and we were the team that had won that penalty and Kane isn't on the pitch Mm. and Sonny or Lucas or someone just misses it. Every single Spurs fan is going to be, oh, if Kane was fit enough for the bench, he should have played, he'd have scored that. And, And that's the kind of fine margins that you have as a manager in a selections kind of headache. But... I, it's one of those things where if Lionel Messi's fit, Barcelona start him. If Ronaldo's fit, Juventus start him. If Harry Kane's fit, Tottenham start him. It, I don't understand. I know he's not in the level to those players, but to Tottenham, he is. To us, he is a talisman. He is a goal scorer, and he is a massive threat that defenders constantly worry about. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's like a. I mean, you, obviously, you know, if you think of the Newcastle game. People got on his back because he hadn't scored, but then yeah. you know there's, there's been games when we've won four or five nil and Harry Kane hasn't scored, yeah. but there's not yeah. been a single mention of it. 
So, so no, and, and that's yeah, you're right. It is a king of when the team's not playing too well because perhaps he's the highest profile player we have mm. that people get on at him. But also, I I do feel there's an expectation on him, which is, you know, it's kind of silly. Um, I think it was match of the day uh, after our last game before the international break. They talked about um, you know, Kane's form. Uh, you know, he's hardly scoring any goals. Mm. And uh, yeah, I think now following the internationals, he's six in six for the season. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's kind of like where expectation and reality just aren't aren't quite marrying up when it comes to the guy. It's like if he doesn't score two to three every single game, people have people have got a bit of criticism for him. And then there's there's even more. I mean, I, I one of the people on our Facebook page um, is a guy who comments quite a lot, and he's a very negative chap. I'm, I'm not going to name him, um, but he's quite an, you know quite a dang guy, and he's very anti Harry Kane. He thinks we should sell him. He thinks he's a waste of space. Um, and his he, I mean, this is one of these lines that cracks me up. All he does is score goals. Yeah, but I think look, the thing is again, you you haven't named the chap, so that's good. Like you know, I don't want to mm. kind of sound, make this sound like a witch hunt towards the guy. But yeah. if if all this if this person is saying that all he does is score goals, he <laughs> clearly doesn't have much knowledge about the about either the, the either well, football or our team because it's it's obvious that it isn't just his game. Like you know, you you see no. you know the way he can. He can lay the ball in a fifty pence piece from like thirty, forty yeah. yards. This, this, and, and like you say, he can drop deep. And he, even when he goal once, didn't he? A few years ago, know. you know, yeah. he's, he's, he, the, the guy scores goals, right? And, and he yeah. scores a lot of goals. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna go down the road of, well, that's all he does because it looks like he scores a lot of goals. <laughs> then you clearly either aren't watching games or your or your knowledge no, of football isn't, isn't great because it's it's, it's a ludicrous comment. Here's the thing, I mean, and I want to kind of say this on the podcast, and I want people to watch for this. Uh, we we got Crystal Palace coming up this weekend. I mean, providing he's fit in training, etc., Kane's going to start. Um, if you if you watch Tottenham play, and you've got an opinion that Kane doesn't do a great deal besides you know a tap in or a penalty, you know, and there's a lot of people who have that opinion. Um, it baffles me, but. Try and watch that game if you can. I um I know I don't think this one's televised, but you know people find a way. Um, mm. If there's a way for you to watch the game, because what he does, which I think perhaps going to watch a game live, you might see it more. I mean, you you might attest to this more than most. Is he will drop deep to create space for Sun Lucas Delhi to move into. Mm-hmm. He is such a goal threat and such a concern for defenders. They are constantly preoccupied for with him, and nothing proved that more than watching Kosovo versus England the other night, where Jaden Sancho was able to drift in on I think three occasions. He he got a couple, but on three occasions he was able to drift in. And when you watch the replay, Kane's movement is he's gone towards the ball, but then he stopped and took a step out. He's moved, and the defenders, because it's Harry Kane, have moved with him. Mm. Now, if that was uh, Jordan Henderson, somebody else, Declan Rice, moving into the box and have gone into space, the defenders are looking for Kane. Yeah, they're not worried about them. Yeah, you know, or if they're on the edge of the box, they're on the edge of the box. If Kane's on the edge of the box, he's going to score. Yeah, of course. And because of that, the, the the speedsters, the other player. I mean, like Sterling must love playing with Kane, and vice versa. The two of them. Now they've really clicked for England. They're frightening together. Mm. 
but you know Kane drops deep Sterling goes Sterling sort of beats people Kane just finds space it the, the more those two play together the, the more fun it's going to be for England fans oh absolutely um, but but yeah, yeah I just hope Tottenham fans can try and appreciate him a little bit more because there is possibly going to come a time possibly you know we don't know how this season's going to go we, we could end up with a trophy which would be great a trophy or two which would be phenomenal we don't know how the season's going to go but there is a growing groundswell amongst pundits where they're trying to move Kane from Tottenham. Mm. You, you'll all start noticing it. I've heard it more and more. He needs to go and win some trophies. You know, Teddy Sheringham left Tottenham and came back. Kane could do the same. You know, people are starting that narrative now. And if the fans aren't with him and the fans are questioning, picking him, oh, well, they're selling me. We're a better team without him anyway. I mean that's delusional. Oh, I completely. really think that's madness. Yeah. And, and, so, and the, sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Sam. That's no, that's no, what. Go on, yeah. That's what. And the, and the and the pure reason why they do it is because they know the bigger the story, the more sensational, the more newspapers they'll sell. So mm-hmm. they're not interested, are they, in in, in Harry Kane's no. career as such, as opposed to oh, how much no, it's, no. It, it, interest it drums up for them. It, it is the world of the media and the sports media has changed dramatically with the internet. Um, I remember back when you'd have Match of the Day, you'd have these different programs, Grandstand, uh, and then when Sky Sports came along the thing, and they did Sky Sports News when it first happened. The reporting was all based around, you know, this is what's happening. There is a rumour of this, you know, and it was reported in that way. There, there wasn't any kind of sensationalism to it. Now they're all trying to drive clicks, mm-hmm. you know, oh, go to our website and find this, or oh, click this, click that. To the point that pundits on Twitter now are like basically sponsored by gambling websites. If you see them, you know, like, oh, you know, such and such a former player said this today. And everyone goes, what? And goes crazy and rushes to their Twitter page or Facebook page to call them every name under the sun. <laughs> but guess what? They get loads and loads of clicks for that. And they're earning money. They are literally outraging you. Talk sport is... Basically, the sun on the radio. Oh, absolutely! Adrian Durham they just winds are... people up, but he knows he's oh, doing it for a reason, isn't he? That's it. The more he winds people up, the more media impressions they get, the more money they earn, and it is frightening that people still do it. I mean, don't get me wrong; we have all read something online at some point and snapped. I'm I'm the admin that does the vast majority of the comments on our Facebook page, and I snap on a regular basis <laughs> at some stupid stuff <laughs> that people write and and just i can understand how you're on you know you're listening to the radio or something on the way back and you hear someone say hey ring in and give us your opinion i think this and you go what and you're like raging but it is designed and all done to cause this great you know outrage this great debate but going back to what i was talking about with Kane. There will be a media groundswell for that. Over the season, it is going to get more and more and more. And if Spurs fans are tearing him a new one on social media constantly, if he does turn around and say, do you know what, I've got an offer to go to Real Madrid, I've got an offer to go to Barcelona, whoever, I'd always look at that and go, well, we've done that to ourselves. Because here's a guy who's one of our own, has said constantly, as long as the club's moving forward, I I I want to be a one club man. Mm. You know, I don't. You know, he, he's. I think he even got asked. He said he wants to win trophies in his career, but they'll mean more if they're with Tottenham. Yeah. 
you know, and that's that's just the thing. If if we're if we manage to drive a player like that out of the club, then I'm just gonna like face palm over football. It just <laughs> it just won't it just won't make sense to me. So I want people this is kind of like my rallying call for people to just to say, right, take a minute, take a deep breath and think about what life was like before Harry Kane. Think about how many strikers we signed trying and the dream we dreamed of a 20 goal a season striker. We now have one that when he gets 20 goals, he's disappointed. He should have got more. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the level that we've moved to. That is the level we're at now. And yet people are bitching and moaning about him. And it is just mind blowing to me that people seem to think, you know, right, we sell him. Who are we going to replace him with? And I swear to God, if anyone listening to this says Troy Parrott, I will come there and I will slap you. <laughs> but I am going to talk about Troy Parrott later on, just just to, because just for a balance. But uh, my friend, if you do not mind, it is time for me to give a little update from the Tottenham women's team. That's right. Here come the girls. It's time to talk Spurs ladies. Have you have you been following on with the ladies this season so far, my friend? Yeah, we had a disappointing. It was up against Chelsea, didn't we? But uh... it was it was a disappointing result, but the performance was good. I mean, it's the first ever game in the women's Super League. It was at Stamford Bridge. Um, uh, Chelsea gave away free tickets for anyone who wanted to go. They had about twenty five, twenty six thousand people there, which was great. Um, so yeah, for a first ever game at this level against a side that are tipped to challenge for the title this season, losing one nil, I wasn't massively disappointed. I was quite pleased for them. I thought they did quite well. Um, the the new keeper that they've signed certainly looks like <laughs> looks like a great acquisition. I know that. Um, but yeah, I was quite encouraged by it. Now the um, the Tottenham women, like I said, it is the first ever season in the women's Super League. Um, they, yeah, open with a defeat. Their next game, you know, because now you're at the top level, it doesn't get any easier. They're hosting <laughs> Liverpool. Uh, it's this Sunday. It's the 15th of September. It's a two o'clock kickoff. You can find uh, the Tottenham women's website uh, on its own. You can go via uh, the Tottenham main website. On our on our website now, www.spursnews.co.uk, um, there was a dedicated Tottenham women's section. Uh, there was a couple of posts just initially when we opened the section, but now there's going to be a match report or sort of like a bit of information after every game. So you can go there uh, if you are interested. Check it out. Um, yeah, that's that's the page. But I, I'm quite impressed. I, I've been in contact with our, our friend of the show, Anna Philby, who's a full Welsh international now. Um, and obviously playing for Tottenham in midfield. Uh, I mean, she's really excited, and she was on the bench for the first game. Um, but yeah, yeah, um, we were missing our star striker as well, uh, Rihanna Dean, who unfortunately picked up an injury in pre-season. So hopefully she'll be back soon, um, and we can really kick on. And of course, I also realised that uh, Bristol City women play in the Women's Super League, which means there is going to be a game in Bristol in October, Oh, nice. which I will be going to. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, Anna can buy me a drink. Well, she, she doesn't have to. <laughs> but I'm buy her a drink, can't you? <laughs> no, no, no. She's a professional now. I, you know, can't go buying Anna beers. No, no, no. <laughs> Full-time professional footballer. Can't, you know, can't be doing that. 
Yeah, because because professional footballers never have a beer yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I was quite, I was quite encouraged by it. The game was televised, and by the way, there's an app um, from the FA, the FA Player, I think it's called, and every single women's Super League game is live on this app. You can watch every single game, um, which I think is kind of phenomenal, and is something that uh, if the men, I do think it's going to happen one day. I think in the men's game, you're going to be able to basically pay like a season ticket yeah. and you can watch every game for your club. I think that's... Uh, Amazon Prime have bought the rights to a couple of Premier League fixtures uh, list this season. And I think it's kind of the start of, at some point, you're basically going to be able to buy from someone, you know, the, the ability to watch every game for your club. Because, I, I don't know about you, maybe maybe you'll, you'll think different, but I... Would it, like, for example, if I bought a season ticket for Tottenham to watch every game at home, and then someone came along and said, "Oh, Sam, I've got tickets for this game," I I wouldn't go. No, 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 no. I've got it on TV. Why would I want to do that? You know, it's a totally different experience going to a live football match as opposed to watching it on TV. Oh, of course it is. Yeah. You know, I don't think one detracts from the other, if that makes sense. You know, I personally would never go, no, I'll watch it on TV. I love the commentators. <laughs> mm, no, and, not really. And do, do you know, you, you, you're right. You're actually right. And um, if anyone is listening who does fancy going, they're, they're playing at uh, Barnet Stadium now, aren't they? So They are, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's where they play their home games. But, yeah, I, it's 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 interesting, the, the kind of watching it in the stadium versus watching it on television, because... I mean, you alluded to it earlier, didn't you? You know, even just talking about Harry yeah. Kane, you, you you could you can watch someone off the ball um, yeah. that you obviously can't watch on television. The only drawback I'd suggest for myself is because I'm in the north stand. You mm. get a fantastic view when they're 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 the plays towards your end of the goal, but when it's yeah. the other end, you always kind of get that very odd perspective, and then you. Yeah. Funny enough, refer to the tele- television screens. That's where you kind of get the, the best well, perspective yeah, of it. You know? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because um, whenever I went, oh, God, again, showing my age, old Wembley before the new one was built. You know, the proper one, the real Wembley. Um, whenever I went there, I was always behind the goal, and I was young then. I, you know, you're talking like I think eight, seven or eight years old. And like you'd have to basically just stand up for pretty much the entire second half if the team you were supporting were dominating and going the other way. Mm. And just, so, yay, we've scored, have we? I don't I can't know. See. <laughs> yeah, they're all cheering, cheer as well. No side netting. Okay, all right. Yeah, you know, it was genuine kind of. You know, you want to get the old binoculars out as if you were one of those posh people at the theatre. But yeah, yeah, you can't yeah. do that at football. <laughs> yeah, no, sure. But I mean, I went to. Um... I went to a Champions League uh, game with my brother-in-law uh, yeah. a couple of seasons back. It was the one where we got knocked out by Juventus uh, at Wembley. Oh yeah! And uh, he's a my brother-in-law's a scout, um, a football mm-hmm. scout, uh, one of the one of the Premier League teams. Uh, he's a Spurs fan as well, but uh, and he hopes to one day be a Ooh. scout for Spurs. But uh, oh yeah, yeah. But he he's obviously got a fantastic knowledge of the game and. Yeah. You know, as we were watching it, he'd say to me, "Look, you know, look, look at the formation. Look what that player's doing. Look at what that player's doing." Yeah. And 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 that's where you get the best kind of. I think that's where the knowledge comes from when yeah. you, when you're watching it live, and because obviously the camera is always going to be focusing on on the ball, isn't it? Obviously, well, you know, yeah, as it should, yeah, be, as yeah. It should be. Yeah, of course. And yeah. I know, I know, Sky did trial, didn't they? At some at, uh, at one point a few years back, you could kind of press the red button and and look at different yeah. different players and that, but. 
I, I, um, I did do it a couple of times because they had this thing where it was like a spider camp. So basically, you had like a constant overview, and it just looked like dots yeah. running around, and you could have it on the screen at the same time. And I tried that a couple of times; it just got distracting for mm, me. But mm. I could understand the idea behind that because, like you just said, it's like, wow, you know, look at the formation change there, or look at this, mm. but. It's like when they break down the analysis afterwards, isn't it? And they're like freeze framing it and drawing lines on the pitch, saying, "Well, look at the defensive line here. Look at this here." And when you're there live at a game, sometimes you could really see that. Or like me, the the last live game I think I was at, um, you could see Kieran Trippier just basically not understanding the position of right back at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just kind of like. He's he's like central midfield right now. Any anyone? anyone? And I remember a guy like a couple of seats away was like, seriously, if trip if we moved him into midfield, and everyone was like, no, oh, I don't, I don't think so. And you saw Sissoko basically breaking his neck to get back there to cover, mm. and then you know the manager. And the other thing is what I love games. Sometimes you can really hear the manager. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and and sometimes it's very interesting. Um, you know, what the f- are you doing? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, right. So he wasn't supposed to be there. Okay, yeah. good to know. <laughs> it's funny as well with the manager because um, I uh, so many times I'll I'll be at games and I'll hear hear fans say, "Look mm. at Pochettino. Look, he's just sitting there. Look, yeah. the other managers in the box trying to g them all up, <laughs> yeah. and he's just sitting there." And yeah. I, I, I mean, like, he's, he's got he's got his style and. Yeah, you know, I don't think you can criticise the manager just for not no, not no, being in the no. box enough. Yeah. No, I, I, it's a, I think that's a real English football thing, though, isn't it? You know, yeah, like, yeah. oh look, I, and I hear it for England with Kane as captain. Oh, you see, uh, you see Henderson shouting at the lads, geeing them up. What's Kane doing? Yeah, that's right. He's leading by example. Exactly. I mean, what the hell? It is a real English football thing. Completely. Like, the manager stood in his box, jumping up and down, going purple in his face. Is a better manager. <laughs> than the one sat there <laughs> whose team's winning 3-0 exactly. you know um, but yeah the, the, the thing I like just the last thing on this before we move on Pochettino whenever I've been there he calls all the players by their nicknames okay and and there's but I don't know if you heard it like when he's shouting to them and he's like shouting H at the top of his voice and I'm like why is our manager shouting? Is that Argentinian for something? What the hell am I? No, it's Harry. Harry Kane. He's just yelling at him, and I'm going. Why is he shouting hate? What, what the? Hell? Was you on Google Translate? Was you like trying to? Yeah, well, I, well, I was just sat there thinking. But the thing is, like one of those situations, you don't want to turn around to the guy next to you and go, "Why is he shouting H? And everyone look at you, and go, "Cause he's shouting for Harry, mate, you brat." Yeah. So I was kind of like, "Oh, why is he? He's really shouting it. He shouted it like three or four times now. What does it mean? Perhaps he's four H, perhaps it's some tactic and it's a code. Oh no, he's literally yelling at Harry. Yeah. Okay, right, H, I get it. Now. And then you got Winksy looking around, going, "What me, governor?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no, he calls him. He calls him Winksy, yeah. and that's the other thing that just cracks me up with a really thick Argentinian accent, you know. But then you get like the foreign players calling the manager Gaffer as well, which I find really weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, we got to go and see. We got to see the gaffer. I'm like, what? But, but, but Pochettino's probably never heard that word gaffer that? before he moved to England. <laughs> no, I know, and yet they're all doing it. But yeah, it's some weird stuff in English football. I got to be honest it's with brilliant. you. But never mind, we love it. Um, okay, so yeah, that was the update. The next update I'm going to give for everybody um, because uh, it was asked for last week with the podcast is an update on our youth teams. 
Okay, so uh, youth teams uh, that we follow and um, we provide coverage with Spurs News, the under-23s, and obviously you play in Premier League 2, and the under-18s. Um, the under-23s, their last game out, they drew 2-2 with Chelsea. Um, all our teams seem to be playing Chelsea mm. at the moment. Um, it's a difficult, it's an interesting time with these two teams at the moment. It's like a transitional kind of time. Uh, a lot of the players who would be in this under-23s team have gone out on loan, which is great. Uh, but at the same time, a number of the more experienced players in this level also left in the summer, like Shane Harrison, uh, Conor Gilvey, players like that, Shashua. You know, they've gone. They've, they've left. So it is kind of a, uh, a new team settling in. Uh, they've started quite well. They they really should have won the game against Chelsea. I think Chelsea equalised in like the ninety fifth minute. Um, it, it's one of those things where there's still a number of players in there who probably should still be under eighteen level, but this is all part of it now. This is kind of the sink or swim moment for a number of them for their development. You know, see where they are, really kick on, and it, it's impossible to judge this early in the season, but. Um, just to pick a few players out, um, which if you're interested in the under-23s, you're interested in where we are players, then these are players just from me, and it's purely my opinion, so grain of, grain of salt. Um, we've got two central defenders, Lions, Foster, and Ioma, E-Y-O-M-A. Um, they, they played the central defence together versus Chelsea. I really like both of them. Um, I think they're both strong, confident central defenders. They both seem to read the game very well. They're both, you know, they're not slow, uh, which you need in the modern game for sure. And they're both really confident on the ball. They they both play like they've been central midfielders all their lives, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. They, they just look really calm and composed. Obviously, it's under 23 level. So when, when you step up again... Will that composure still be there when you got people, you know, you know Mo Salah, etc., charging to close you down? That's the next test. But they are looking composed, calm on the ball at under twenty three level. I hope up till January, especially, that they'll just keep playing games. And yeah, if you get an opportunity to watch the under twenty threes, look out for them. Um, just two other players I want to pick out is uh, Paris Magoma and uh, Tashan Oakley Booth. Um, Oakley Booth will probably be a name a few people are recognised because uh, two seasons ago he was taken from the under-18s and brought into the first-team squad, uh, similar to you know a couple of players have now, uh, you know uh, Parrot for example. He got injured, unfortunately it was quite a nasty injury, and last season he never really quite found his stride again. Again, this is all just my opinions. Um, but this season, hopefully, he's going to get a lot of games. Uh, under 23 level, he needs to kind of prove he's up to that. And I think perhaps if he does by January, we might be looking to loan him for the second part of the season. Okay. Um, you know, really, really test him out now. Because I think sometimes with a with an injury, um, when you come back from it, there's also a real mental thing as well. Mm. Um, I remember Michael Owen after his hamstring injury was never the same player. Not because physically he wasn't, but because you could just tell he was terrified of it happening again. Yeah, sure. You know, he was never quite as quick. He never quite went for things the same. And I think a lot of that, when you come back from a nasty injury... It just takes you a while to get that confidence back. And, you know, he seems to have it now. He seems to be back to 
where he was but of course we're, he's two years older now so he needs to kick on so hopefully he can do that uh the next game for the under 23s is actually tomorrow with friday the 13th Ooh. it's a hot spare way that one isn't it it is uh, at Hotspur Way, and it's against Southampton with a midday kickoff. Um, if you're ever interested in going along, by the way, and you're close there, you can um, check via the website. Uh, but yeah, will, anyone can go. I will say as well, if there's anybody, because I, I live quite near Stevenage, and if there's anybody mm. that lives near Stevenage, on the 1st of November is the North London Derby at Stevenage. Yes. So that would be a good one to go. I'm definitely going to that one. The next one I'm going to, I'm taking my little boy on the 18th of October uh, to, the, yeah. to the game against Leicester. Oh, that would be good. Yeah, yeah that, that should be good. Leicester have got a lot of really good young players. Um, I think they managed to win in the Premier League a couple of years ago. I think their recruitment like went up through the roof. Um, but yeah, that would be quite a good game. That would be quite good to watch. Uh, but yeah, that's the under-23s. The under-18s... Um, their last game out, they smashed Swansea 4-0, um, which was actually a really good result because this is going to sound daft now because they're all under 18, but we have a very young under 18 set up because a lot of the kids who are still eligible for under 18s are now playing in the under 23s. Mm. Um, you know, and some of them are even in the first team, like a 17-year-old Troy Parrott. Mm. Um, mm. You've got, uh, uh, you know, even Skippy is still eligible you know, for under 18 games. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the younger lads, like 16, 17, and you, everyone I know this, anyone listening to know this, you, you change a lot, you know, 16, 17, 18, physically, you're, you're changing a lot. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, you know, you go up against a team of 18 year olds who have all played at this level for two seasons and you're 15, 16, it is a big difference. It is like a real step up. So the under-18s don't expect, you know, like last season. Last season, we lost three games all season. I think we've already lost that now. So yeah, sure. Don't don't expect like massive things. But again, it's not about winning trophies at this level. I know a lot of other clubs seem to prioritise that. Tottenham's philosophy is very, very different. Tottenham's philosophy is creating players for the first team. So, like, John McDermott, who oversees it all, is like, yeah, of course, we want to win every game. We want to win every trophy at every level. But our goal is not to go, look how great our youth team was five years ago. Where are they all now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Dagenham, you know, this it doesn't matter. The club want to say, where's the player now? Oh, he's up front for, he's Harry Kane. Mm. You know, he's Harry Winks. Mm. That's what the club want. Mm. So... We got uh, Matt Taylor is in charge of the under 18s. Uh, he's new for this season because, of course, we lost our under 18s coach to Fulham as their number two, who ironically took Scott Parker, who was the previous under 18s manager, <laughs> and is their manager now. Oh, bloody Fulham recruiting. <laughs> so Matt Taylor's going to be heading there next. It's just like the conveyor belt, it yeah. appears to be. Uh, Ryan Mason's involved as well, which is great. Uh, but yeah, lots of younger players. They need a lot more games. I'm not going to pick anyone out from this team at the moment. They they just need games. If I'm going to pick one for everybody to keep an eye on, uh, Whitaker. Just keep an eye out for him. I quite like him so far. Their next game is Saturday the 14th of September. It's 11am kickoff and it's a home. Uh, so it's Hospital Way against West Ham. Uh, but also this coming week, the UEFA Youth League kicks off. Uh, which of course, the under-18s, I think it's under-19s for this. But... Uh, the UEFA Youth League is live on BT Sport. It is every season. Um, the 18th of September is a 1pm kickoff away to Olympiacos. 
it would be very interesting to see who makes that team because I'd think Troy Parrott possibly skip, you know, if they're not going to be playing for the first team, I'd like to see them play in the UEFA Youth League mm. um, because it is a step up again, you know, from, from domestic under-18 football. I'd like to see him get that opportunity. But we shall see, you know, manager knows best. Um, but yeah, that is the update from the youth sides. Dun dun dun! Fantastic. Thanks for that, Sam. Uh, well, you're very welcome. But it, you know, again, it leads us in quite nicely. It's like I've planned this. Um, mm. I wanted, you know, like I talked about Harry Kane to start with, and I made the joke about anyone who says Troy Parrot, please don't. <laughs> um, I want to chat about Troy a little bit. Troy is 17 years old. Um, we brought him into the academy uh, the, uh, a few months in the last season. Uh, Republic of Ireland, uh, he arrived with us 15, turning 16. Um, he's 17 now, he turns 18 next February. Uh, so, you know, he's got a good few months left to be in the 17. He is scoring goals for fun for the Republic of Ireland under 21s. He got his first cap at that level this week, played two games, scored three goals. Uh, could have had more. I saw him hit the post as well uh, and another good save from the keeper in another in another one. So uh, three and two under 21 level when you're 17 years old is a sign of the talent the kid has. Uh, physically, he's strong and he's able I think, providing he's fit, etc., when the game rolls around, because, you know, that's always a crab shoot, I think he will start in our League Cup game. Do you really think so? I think so, yeah. I, I think because the manager has got to, you know, got to manage the squad. Um, it's a game, I think it's Colchester. Yeah, it's Colchester, yeah. Um, with, the, with the greatest level of respect in the world, we should have enough players in the side to beat Colchester. Mm. Um, I'm not talking about you know a complete youth team like Arsenal used to do, but I'm saying that you you play a side with Troy Parrott up front, and you maybe play Sonny, Lucas, and Lamella behind him, you know. Yeah. And and play the game, that... and and I I think with the experienced players around him, I don't think he's going to look out out of place. And if he gets a goal or two, suddenly you've got our extra number nine in the squad everyone's going to be over the moon <laughs> yeah completely I, I mean that's the thing you, you look at um, you, you look at the two Republic of Ireland games I know, I know they were under 21s yeah. but yeah. obviously this kid is full of confidence isn't he yeah yeah. he, he really has got bags yeah. of confidence so yeah. you can imagine if Pochettino says right that's it you're playing against Colchester yeah. it, it, it take it in his stride you can imagine can't you massively yeah he, he would he, he's the kind of and not in an arrogant way um, this is the thing uh, similar to Kane when Kane came in um, but Kane was older Kane when he finally got really a shot at Tottenham he was 22-23 years old mm. um, 17 Troy's got that about him which is this kind of I believe in myself. Yeah. I, I I think I can score goals. I think, given an opportunity, I'll score plenty of goals. And I will take my chances. And anyone who caught him a bit in pre-season, you know, he's not shy. And he's smart. He's a smart footballer. You know, you see him go through on goal a couple of times. Keepers made very smart saves. I think Buffon made a save against him. And in the post-match interview, he was just like, oh, how close were you to score? And he was like, Buffon saved the shot from me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was this kind of giddy, you know, 
He's 17, yeah. so Buffon's been playing his entire life. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. From, the, from the moment he was born, yeah. Buffon was playing. So literally, he has watched football his entire life, and Gianluigi Buffon's been a goalkeeper he has watched <laughs> his entire life as one of the top keepers in the world. So when he came off that pitch and had that kid smile of, oh, I just had a shot saved by Buffon, <laughs> you know? And I, and I loved that. Um the, the thing I'm going to caveat this with is he has got so much talent and he is great and he is the real deal. He is a player we can all get excited about. Um, is We also have to remember he's 17. Yeah, exactly. He, he, a development for a player isn't a straight line and that's the same for anybody at any level. So he's going to have troughs. He's going to pick up injuries here, there and everywhere. And everyone just kind of needs to be a bit patient and not jump on this kind of he's the messiah, he's the new... You know, the fact that I've already seen people discussing, well, Kane's not doing it, we should drop him and start Parrot, why not? I'm like, no, 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 yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah no, <laughs> please, I agree, yeah. P- please, please wind that in. Mm. Um, it just, it's a great opportunity for this kid, and the League Cup is a great opportunity. I mean, he might not start, I mean, he, but uh, hopefully he'll definitely be on the bench. I'd love to see him start, just as a massive confidence boost to the lad. You know, right? We're going to start you in the League Cup. Let's see how you get on. Uh, you know, similar to like when the League Cup comes around and Gazaniga starts. You know, it's like you know what? This is your this is your place. This is your thing. Go out there, and make it your own. Mm, mm. Um, you know, really put the confidence in him. But we'll see. Uh, but yeah, just everyone be patient. He is seventeen. Like I said, he turns eighteen February of next year. So everyone just be patient. Let him play his game. Let him develop. Um, because I, I think we got a real player there, yeah. which would be, which is only gonna just be great for the club. Um, my friend, last week after the show, um, where I begged a little bit for people to give us some feedback on iTunes, I did notice we had a couple of new reviews, hmm. and one of them clearly, and I mean, clearly stated that they they need Matt's stats in their lives. <laughs> like a drug. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, it, like to the point that people are jonesing for Matt's stats right now. <laughs> so I, I'm asking you, and I, I'm nervous in case, you know, one isn't ready, but is there a Matt's stats this week? I'm pleased to let you know and let my fans know that there is a Matt's stats this week. Oh, thank God. Okay, everybody, here we go. Now it's time for Matt's Stats on the Spurs News Podcast. Right, yeah, so my Matt's Stats this week is um, it took us our 30th, 38th game to get two draws in the league and uh, it took us our fourth game to get two draws in the league this season. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> you, no, no, just you, kidding. No. <laughs> so, well, that that was a great start. Yeah, there you go. Look, that, hopefully, everyone's pleased now, you know, and they can go away. They've had their Matt stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was like Matt stats bite size. There you go. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a fun size version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, fun size. Fun size. That. Yeah, that's that's showing yeah. our age. You still you still get fun size sweets. <laughs> <laughs> probably not no you're probably not allowed that anymore no. you're not allowed to encourage kids to eat chocolate by no. calling it fun yeah, yeah, fun, yeah. let's see you have a sugar coma that'd be fun <laughs> yeah yeah not, not allowed to do that anymore no it has to be called you know this is bad for you snack size size <laughs> brilliant, yeah. brilliant. 
<laughs> no, I was just kidding. So there's um, there's there's an opinion uh, going around at the moment that we seem to be the most unluckiest team in the Premier League when it comes to injuries. Oh yeah, yeah. Our page, especially every post. When I, when I posted the Los Celso news the other day, people were just like. We're the worst team mm-hmm. in history for injuries. Yep. Uh, our medical team need to be sacked. Mm-hmm. Is 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 this going to prove or disprove that? It's going to disbring it on. It's going to disprove it, and also hopefully it will disprove the opinion. It's all Pochettino's fault as well. <laughs> oh, okay. I like the sound of that. Bring it on. <laughs> right, so, having a look at the so this is the current season. So, if you look at the the, the twenty Premier League uh, teams that we've got at the moment, so where we are as of today or as of yesterday. Yep. And the amount of injuries that that um, injured players that the teams have got Bournemouth, yep. which I've got no problem with Bournemouth, if, even though they uh, they really upset me last season with their their, their last gasp yep. win. They've got the highest with ten, so they've got ten players injured at the moment. Okay. And following them is Chelsea with nine, which must be frustrating for them. Not that I've got any sympathy for yeah. Chelsea fans at no, all. No, no, I, I like Bournemouth. Chelsea can yeah, go absolutely. For themselves, so a, yep. And Man U, as you as you'll see as I go down the stats, seem to be really unlucky. With injuries, but yep. they're on eight at the moment, and we're uh, behind them with uh, five other teams on six. But a lot of yeah. the players in that six, uh, like Sessignon and uh, um, and Dombele and Dio, all coming back fairly soon. So yeah, that should yeah. that should fall quite soon. And then at the bottom, you've got Everton, West Ham, and Watford on two. So just yeah. looking at the, the current situation, when we're not the unluckiest team. And nope. so I looked at uh, last season, so the eighteen nineteen season, and in particular the the the, the, the top six, uh, the, the teams that finished in the top six last season. Yeah. Now over the course of the over the course of the season of the twenty teams, there were six hundred and sixty four injuries uh, uh, with players, which is yeah. which is the highest in the last eight years. So it's very high. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I just, I was literally about to say, and that was just Eric Lamella. What about yeah, the rest? Yeah, of so, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. It, awful he's becoming our Jack yeah. Wilshere, isn't he? Unfortunately. Bless him. No. Oh no! Don't, don't say that. No. He kicks Jack Wilshere. I remember that. Remember he called him a pussy. Yeah, that's in right. London Derby. That was beautiful. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, fantastic. Sorry, yeah. Carry on. We don't like him, but Jack Wilshere. But anyway, yeah. So you look at um, so Man City obviously finished top. They had forty-four injury uh, injuries over the course of the season. Liverpool had fifty, which surprised me because I had it in my mind that they hadn't had many over the season. Uh, no. Chelsea had fifty. Uh, we had sixty-one. Uh, Arsenal yeah. had 49 and poor old Man United had 63 so Man United had the highest but where, um, where it gets interesting is if you look at the total amount of days missed so um, you know the amount of days that the so, so obviously if, it was, if there was two players injured for a day that counts as two so it, it goes into yeah. the thousands because obviously they're counting that it's, it's a total amount of all the players and the days the days they've missed. So yep. Man City uh, missed 1,407 days, Liverpool 1,136, Chelsea 1,014, us 1,652, okay. Arsenal 1,771, and Man U, <laughs> even though they had the highest amount of injuries, they only had 1,238 days out. So... We so okay. Arsenal were the were the were worst when it comes to missing plays for in total days, and we were the second yeah. highest. So, yeah, it's 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 not looking particularly great it, there. It's not it's not it's not massive difference though, is it? It's not like you know the kind of perception in our minds is, oh, we're just being riddled. You know, mm-hmm. we lose players for a whole season. You yeah, know? absolutely. It, yeah, 
but clearly that perception and and we're kind of comparing ourselves like oh this doesn't happen to other teams but and that perception's clearly wrong yeah of course and 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 teams that are in the top 6 so it's not like you know yeah, we're comparing exactly. to other yeah, teams yeah. but where yeah where it gets interesting Sam is um there was there was a lot of talk of the fact that I mean, we mentioned we mentioned it quite a lot in our, in the podcast last year that mm. uh, we had a lot of injuries because of the fact that uh, there was the World Cup just before the yeah. and, and and particularly us. I mean, we had like what, eight eight or nine players that were in the semi finals yeah. of the World Cup, so yeah, did, yeah. very very small pre season. And then you had like the players like Sonny who had three international tournaments <laughs> in the course of yeah. one season. So yeah. there was there was a lot of room for injury because they were playing so many games. But the the season before. The, the numbers drop quite dramatically. So, uh, Man City. So l- let's say last season one thousand four hundred seven. The season before eight hundred eighty two. Oh wow! Yeah, that is a drop yeah. off. Liverpool one one three six. Season before seven nine eight. Uh, Chelsea one zero one four. Season before eight eight two. Now this is our one, which is very very stark. So one six five two last season. The season before seven three seven. Wow! Yeah, it massive. goes less than half, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Arsenal one seven seven one. They dropped to eight four three. So they're massive drop as well. And Man- well, that's got to be the World Cup in it's, yeah. Though, there you go. You're thinking the top six sides, the amount of players he would have played in the summer rather than having a rest. Of course, yeah. And, yeah. and it just and that just proves to you in black and white that well, I say proves in black and white, but it, it's probably the the biggest evidence I'd suggest that yeah. that that World Cup did affect the players it, it yeah, did affect their fitness time, yeah. because they didn't have those weeks off that they clearly no. had the season before to, to you know yeah. and then say Man United one, one, Man United is the ones that's probably similar so they, it was one two three eight last season and one one five four the season before so yeah. they've kind of they've really yes, been suffering yeah. you know they really have been suffering yeah. but I, I found a I found another interesting uh, a uh, bit of information as well, some stats as well. So this this mm. this is between 2012 and 2018. So it doesn't okay. it doesn't cover um, the eight, the last season. It's just gone the 18 19 season. Yeah. So um, interestingly, when you look at us at Spurs, the highest month in that six year period of injuries was September, <laughs> which is which is quite interesting. <laughs> so that that, yeah. that that may that may kind of uh, alter people's uh, that's, that may be what's influenced pe- influencing people's opinions now yeah maybe and the lowest is May that's when we seem to get most players back uh, if you look at <laughs> they're all back from time for all yeah exactly yeah yeah they're, all, they're fine now yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now this this um, it looks a lot lower than the numbers I gave you with the other amount of injuries and I'm wondering I, I couldn't work, I couldn't find any further information but I'm wondering whether this is these are injuries that are over seven days or something, so I'm only guessing, but they seem a lot oh, lower. Oh yeah, no, it could be. But but these but this this particular site I found it, it said that in the 2012-2013 season we had sixteen, in the thirteen mm. fourteen season which was which had your mate a manager didn't it was it that was your mate Tim Sherwood. Don't don't <laughs> don't, don't no 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 no, no. <laughs> that we had twenty three and then oh, yeah. Mauricio Pochettino's first season according to this site we had nine. So yeah. it, and then and then we had 16 the following one 15 the following one and 14 the following one. So it doesn't appear according to that that Pochettino's uh, training regime is having any kind no. of adverse effect over no. over the, the, the squad's injury. That's that's a lovely fun myth. 
that that seems to come about. Like we talked about it last week about his training. Every player like, oh, it's hell. It's hard. It's terrible. It's shocking. Do you do you would you quit? No, God, no. It's brilliant. Mm, you know, yeah. I feel fitter than I've ever felt in my life. Um, you know, even Jan Vertonghen said that recently. He's like, you know, he said about four or five years ago, he thought around now he'd be retiring. But because of the training, the regime and everything at Tottenham now, he feels as fit as he's ever felt in his life. So, yeah, that is kind of like an urban myth. Whenever we have an injury in training, it's like, oh, he's training them too hard. Yeah, yeah, you hear it all the time, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So just finally, um, to, wrap, to wrap up the stats, so we, so if you look, again, look at that, that six-year period, um, yeah. if, we, if, if we're comparing... Our injuries, uh, the the uh, the amount of total injuries that we had against other teams in the Premier yeah. League at that in those six in that six year period, we were actually seventh, and we were behind Arsenal, Man United, Man City, Liverpool again. Really mm. surprised me. I just I've obviously not paid enough attention because I always thought like that they 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 sort of escaped injuries. Oh. Liverpool, West Ham, and Everton, and then if you look at games missed uh, mm. over that six year period as well, we were actually eighth. And to add to that list of seven teams, uh, six teams I read out, you've mm. got Southampton as well. So we mm. we was we was mid table when it comes. To, we yeah. we had been mid table when it comes to injuries. We've, we're not anywhere near the the highest when it comes to the the, the amount of uh, of injuries and and games missed in the Premier League. I think perhaps the Liverpool perception, because I'm the same as you. I, I don't. I kind of think of them as they're a couple of first team injuries away from from really dropping a level. Mm. I think they've been very lucky that Salah's been fit as much as he has. And I think if you looked at their team now, you know, if you imagine Salah and Van Dijk both got injured for, you know, three months, for example, you'd look at that and go, that is a real level down for their team. Of course, it's a massive impact for them, yeah. Yeah. That would be a massive impact. So I think from from the point of view of perception, we lost Kane, you know, and... That to us is like a massive impact to us, mm. and I think perhaps it's a perception thing. Mm. I think you know they've probably had loads of players in and around. You know, uh, Oxide Chamberlain is a player they signed. You know, was doing very well for them, and then got injured long term injury. So you know, I can think of that one just off the top. Of and you've got Lallana as well that's missed huge yeah, chunks. Yeah, for exactly. Yeah. So yeah, you know, they, they got players who now we're thinking about it. We can go, oh mm, yeah, mm. but it's like a real kind of perception. But I'm with you. I, I was quite surprised at that. Mm. Uh, but I'm glad. Thank you, man. That was a really good Matt stats to come back with. <laughs> Cheers, mate. No messing about. <laughs> Matt is back with his Matt's stats. back with his stats. There we go. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, no cheek. Um, okay, so now it is time for an update and it is going to be a brief update for our players who are out on loan do you want an update on our players that are out on loan good because here it is i got this horrible feeling i've missed one (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm looking at the list I made and the information I've got and I uh, yeah so if you're listening and I've missed one sorry message me message <laughs> us and tell me who I missed because it's going to bug me like crazy you sure it's not one we sold and you're getting confused I mean, maybe yeah I, I might be I might be right but I've got one two three four five six, I've got seven players and in my head it's like there are eight out on loan <laughs> And it like so if I go through this list and you go, what about so and so? I might cry a little, okay. but I'll be pleased. <laughs> so just so you know, 
Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Clark. Uh, obviously, we signed him from Leeds, loaned him back to Leeds. Um, he's not playing. <laughs> uh, it's a situation that the club are going to review. However, apparently, it's a situation of our own making. A very interesting article in The Guardian said that originally, when we approached Leeds to do the deal, we said, absolutely no way will we loan him back. We want him in the first team. We, you know, We're signing him now. Leeds, therefore, went about their transfer business knowing they had this fee from us and secured a couple of other loans. In the Championship, you can only have X amount of loan players in any matchday squad. Uh, the manager, Richard Pochettino, then said, no, um, we want to, uh, you know, we're signing him, he's a good young player, but I, uh, I haven't got room for him in my first team squad this season. I like to keep a squad small, as everybody knows, therefore we want to loan him back. Daniel Levy went back to Leeds. Yeah, you can have him now if you want. Leeds, obviously, yeah, okay. But this is a problem of our own making. They now have to fit their lone players into their matchday squads. Mm. At the moment, there everybody's fit and he's not able to push into the first team. We all know injuries have happened, stuff like that. And also, we can reassess it in January. We can possibly call him back to us, send him out to a different club. Um, or or we'll see where things are. But he did make his England under-20s debut this week, and in his second game, got a goal. In fact, he got the winner in the 93rd minute. Nice. Um, looked really sharp, looked really good. He really loves running at people. I love that from a, a wide player. You know, just, just commit people, take them on, I love it. Um, so yeah, um, the kid's got bags of talent, loads of ability, just we want him getting games, so if Leeds aren't going to play him, I want the club to call him back, um, you know, he'd be better playing under 23s for us than this, if mm, that makes sense, mm. just kid needs games. Uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, is at Stoke, uh, he is getting minutes, but he's not a regular starter, uh, he's very much in their squad, I think he's made every matchday squad since signing be it on the bench or starting. He's not really doing anything to, to stand out for me. Uh, Stoke fans aren't, you know, singing his praises or anything. He's just kind of there. He's one of the squad. Uh, I, I genuinely believe that following this loan, he's going to be leaving on a permanent basis. Now. Yeah, you said um, that before. I think you're probably right, yeah. to be honest, mate. Yeah. Um, Ant Giorgio is at Ipswich and is having an amazing time. He's getting loads of minutes and he's impressing everybody. Uh, the fans love him. He's a talented player. He's someone you picked out to me after watching under-23s against Liverpool. Mm. You were really impressed with him. Yep. Um, yeah, he's he's having the time of his life there. So uh, if you get the opportunity to catch any Ipswich games, uh, you see him come on live, check him out. Ant, Anthony Giorgio, he's a full Cypriot international now as well. Um, so that's you know he's just playing great. Speaking of Cypriot internationals, uh, his Cypriot compatriot is Jack Rolls, aka Jack Rolls. He scores goals. Uh, he's on loan at Cambridge. Uh, he hasn't scored yet. Now I put a bet on him getting ten by Christmas. So Jack, you need to you know <laughs> step <sort> up. <laughs> well, he's hit the post twice so far. Like I, I'm following them on Twitter now. Every game, and I'm like, oh come on, Jack, you can do this. He'll get one and they'll just start barreling in, I can tell you. But um, the, the reaction to him is hilarious. I mean, Cambridge City tagged Tottenham in a post saying, did you send us a magician? Thank you. Um, after his debut. Um, and yeah, Cambridge fans love him. He's playing brilliant football there. Like I knew that he would. So yeah, I'm, I'm delighted for him and it's going well. Uh, he's playing every game, by the way. He's starting. If he's fit, he starts. Oh, that's good, um, that's good. 
Kazar Sterling's at Doncaster and he's got his first goal for him recently. Uh, hopefully he's going to kick on. He's been in the matchday squads, not necessarily starting. So keep an eye on that. It's still very early in the season. I know they've played more games in the, the Football League than we have in the Premier League, but it's still early on. So keep an eye on that. Um, Luke Amos at QPR started every game, got injured unfortunately, but not as serious as it was last year. Uh, I'm hoping he's back this weekend. I haven't seen an update yet, so I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that. He's been brilliant for them. QPR fans really impressed. Um, their manager's been very impressed. He is playing at the level that we all expected of him last season before that you know, nasty injury. So you remember in, in he was basically involved in our first team and was kind of ahead of Skippy. At yeah, that that's point. right. Yeah, uh, He's older than Skip, um, but obviously because of the injury, Skip kind of stepped in and has taken the chance. But Luke's, he's doing everything he can possibly do. He's gone to the championship and he's performing at that level and beyond. So Didn't he have a, he had a, he had a loan at Stevenage as well, didn't he? I mean, I mean, he did, mate, yeah, yeah. That's right. Absolutely loved yeah. him there. Um, he, he was great. He played a couple of roles, uh, defence to start with, but then he moved into this kind of defensive midfield position. And that's, that's where he needs to be. Mm. Um, and yeah, he's a very good player. Um, and lastly which I hope lastly, I really hope it's lastly. If I've missed someone, I'm going to kick myself. Uh, but lastly, I believe lastly, is George Marsh. Uh, George is at Leighton Orient. Um, he's not, he is getting minutes, um, kind of from the bench. Um, I'm hoping he's going to develop. From everything I've read, there's nothing really stand out. You know, the, the, there's no kind of fan reaction like with Giorgio or Rolls. There's no kind of manager reaction like with Luke Amos or Kazai Sterling it's just kind of like very quiet um I'm hoping to to see a bit more read a bit more in the coming weeks so the next time an update comes along I can give more of a clearer picture but at the moment he is getting minutes there either from the bench or starting uh, but the last three games I saw he was either started and subbed off or or subbed on mm. so uh, but that's okay, you know, getting minutes, getting introduced to senior football, that's fine. It is a long season. Yeah, I was going to say, it's early days, isn't it, Sam, as well? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, it is a long season for them. So, yeah, that is the loan breakdown, I hope. Um, really <laughs> See, the thing is, I, if you have missed someone, I'm going to feel bad now as well, because I can't think of anyone you've missed either, so... No, I see. I even went to the Tottenham website to check the squad. Like, okay, first team players on loan. Okay, there's two under twenty three players on loan, under eighteens. I'm like, okay, I've got everyone. I'm sure it's just something <laughs> nagging, and it is probably a player we've sold. Yeah, sure. it is probably a, like I'm sure Edwards is on loan somewhere. Oh no, we sold him. Yeah, he's gone. Um, so yeah, um, mate. I mean, this kind of leaves us with our look ahead. So I mean, um. Our next game is Crystal Palace. Yes. Uh, Crystal Palace at home, which you know last season was our first competitive game at the new stadium. Um, are you looking forward to Palace? The, I mean, yep. This is I've had to take the day off work, but this is going to be my first ooh. first game in my own seat because the Newcastle game I was sitting in the south stand, but this is not going to be my first game in my own seat. Ah, and funny nice. enough, it was the my first ever game in my own seat was against Crystal Palace in the league. So hopefully, we'll get a sim- similar result. Well, a win is important, um, but I really want to see us perform and kick on now. You know, it kind of like, okay, this first four games are done. We didn't really hit our stride. We've had the international break. Everyone's got more minutes. That transfer window's done. Forget contracts. Forget rumours. We're here to play for Tottenham. You know, let, let's let's make this season bloody good. Yeah, and also, correct me if I'm wrong, Sam, but 
I do seem to recall when we played them last time that they didn't play that kind of heavily defensive ten men behind the ball because they've no, got they've got some no. good attacking players as we all know. They you know? they will set up to, to counter us mm. because unfortunately that is what every team has identified as a way of beating us. And they've got in Zaha probably one of the best counter attacking players in football. Um, and of course, Townsend's rapid, you know. So you've, if you've got those two on the pitch, you know the team you're playing against like to keep hold of the ball. You're gonna kind of set up ready to spring the trap, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially when you've watched what Newcastle did, or and you've watched what Aston Villa did, which is by scoring goals with just a straight ball mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a foot race. You know, you'd back Zaha and Townsend in foot races against most people, so. Yeah, it is something we're going to have to be prepared for. I'm hoping Undombele is fit. I'm hoping because I think he can make the difference in these games, Completely like you agree. said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really think he can be the difference. When these teams set up with these two banks of four, I think he can either bring the ball forward and then pick a pass which draws people out, mm-hmm. or you know just pick a pass for stop. I think he can make a real difference. Yeah. So We'll see how that goes. But prediction, do you think we'll win, lose, draw? <sighs> I... I think we're going to win. I think um, uh, yeah. Ericsson hopefully will start. Delhi hopefully will start. And Sonny mm. and Kane. So with the Fab Four back, hopefully we'll have yeah. Dumbele playing as well. Yeah. T- uh, t- uh, Jens hopefully will start as well with Toby. So, yeah, yeah I-, I-, I think eight. we should win. So, I think. so you're going 8-0. Okay, right. No worries. Um, I-, I love that. Yeah, I love your optimism. Um, of course, this week also heralds the Champions League again. It feels like we've barely had five minutes since we were in the final. Yep. Um, but yeah, we're kicking off again. We're going away to Olympiacos. Um, a side I know very little about. I mean, I know the club. Obviously, heard of the club. I know them. I don't know any of their players, really. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of an unknown. Um but it's a team uh, with the greatest respect in the world. I'd expect us to go and win the game. Yeah, sure. Um, and but the thing I like about the Champions League is you don't get that negative from anybody. Like even if you're playing, like Olympiacos might look at this and go, "Yeah, Tottenham are the the bigger side, the better side," but they won't do the ten men behind the ball mm. thing. So I think that's mm. why last season, especially, we looked better in the Champions League at times. I agree. Yeah. You know, even if we can see goals we will find space because teams are trying to win games. Mm. Um, so I think playing that way again, I, I think, you know, we got a real good shot going there. Uh, hopefully more players back fit. Um, but yeah, I'd back us to win that as well. I've got, I've got us down for two wins this week, mate. Yeah. Not as optimistic as your 8-0, but I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two two wins for me. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. I, I think, yeah, like you say, because it's... Because it's a, sh- a shorter, um, like obviously the, the league is like a, it's only like what six games, isn't it? So yeah. you, you kind of can't afford to. I mean, that's the thing. Like the likes of Aston Villa and Newcastle. I know obviously Newcastle beat us and we beat Aston Villa, but both of them teams would have been happy with a draw, I, I think. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, you know, Newcastle come away fantastically happy because they'd won it. But they're setting up, like we say, they're setting up for the draw and then hoping to nick a goal. But yeah, yeah. you don't see that in the Champions League, and like, you know, no. they, it's, it, a draw can you know can hamper you uh, uh, yep. so you have to go for the win yeah especially your home games mm. so mm. yeah be good um okay so our final thing for the podcast this week is we're going to go to the fan questions uh we've got some from our facebook page so we're going to head there now and now it's time for your comments directly from our facebook page 
Alright then, let's see what we got this week. I haven't read these yet, which is always a nervous thing. Okay, I read... Yeah, no, I lied. I read this one. Um, please give us a loan update. That's from Simon Whiteman. Simon, I have done it. Tick. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, next one is from Robert Vassell. Uh, injuries. Oh, hello. Uh, is there a problem with our medical staff? People seem to take longer than other clubs to recover. Bar Harry Kane, everyone takes longer than the first announcement. More importantly, is there a reason we we get so many big injuries? Well, Robert, I think if you've been listening to the podcast, we have addressed that one as well. Dick. I'm, I'm feeling, yeah, I'm feeling super smug about these. Um, if the next one is, can I have a youth update, I'll be delighted. Um, okay, Jacob Twyman says, if KWP is unavailable for Palace, who do you play at right back or do we change formation? Um... I'm going to say this almost spitting, but Serge Aurier. We, we, you you wouldn't play Sanchez again. Do you know what? No, no, no I wouldn't. I I think he, I think he did very well, but he is not a fullback. Mm, mm. Not a fullback. Um, <laughs> Serge Aurier captain the Ivory Coast in the international break, so he's fit. He's ready. Yeah, uh, yeah he's got to play. Um, Scott Clay says, we seem to be lacking organisation at the back. Is this a good opportunity to move Dyer back there with his leadership and voice? No one else seems to talk. That's an interesting one. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't think... I mean, obviously, Dyer is a very defensive player. But yeah. I, I wouldn't say that centre-back is his is his, you know, his main... Uh, position, like you know, he's, well, he, he plays. It's interesting but, because that's where he was, you know, when we signed him. Yeah, he was a central defender. Yeah, but I, I think he plays better in that kind of defensive midfield role where he'll fall back. He'll fall back. Mm. If like you know, we, how many times have we seen Yan bombing up, knowing that yeah, Dyer's falling Dyer, back? You know, yeah. but I, I, yeah. I still think my personal opinion is I, I think that although we have been shipping goals, unusually considering how well they've done a few years, a couple of seasons ago, you know, yeah. to where we are now, I still. Like the thought of Yan and Toby being our centre back partnership. Yeah, I just feel comfortable when them two are there, and regardless of you know if they've shipped a couple of goals a game before, I just think we've got two very okay. experienced, uh, international, full internationals who play together internationally as well, who yeah. just know each other's game inside out. And if they can, you know, if if, if we start to improve defensively, then. I don't think there'll be any talk of the, either of those two no. getting replaced. I don't think. I think. I think the conversation around um, leadership back there is an interesting one. I've, and this is no slur on him or anyone. But I, I've always, I'd never liked goalkeepers as captains. I know it's going to sound stupid. I've always sort of felt, possibly just because I grew up with Gary Mabbott wearing the armband, or you know, a Tony Adams at Arsenal and stuff like. That. You kind of, I see the captain being like a midfielder, like Roy Keane, a general, know? yeah, yeah, a general like who's leading. He's got you know, a view. He's talking. He's always organising. If you know, you can see the goal. You see them being the one who's like, right, come on, let's sort this out. Um, I think the kind of theory is Larice is the experience is the captain of the club, the captain of the team. He commands respect from everybody, and by all accounts, you know he is straight to the point and does take the role behind the scenes. You know, really quite seriously. Mm. Um, it just to me, like sometimes on the pitch, you can see the manager's thinking is he has leaders throughout the team. You know, Vertonghen and Toby, both experienced internationals. So you go up through the team. You got. Undombele now in the centre of the midfield, who's a real kind of general. Kane at the top, you know, he's England captain. 
So really, regardless of who's wearing the armband for the team, you kind of expect there to be leaders throughout the time. I mean, anyone who's been to a live game will know that Danny Rose doesn't shut up. Absolutely, yeah. He, he really doesn't. <laughs> he, <is>. he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but to, to say we lack a voice back there, no, 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 yeah. we don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, Danny lets people know he's there from minute one to, to the last. Um, so yeah, I, I don't dislike that about him. It just mm. is funny. Um, the last one on here is a bit difficult. Uh, Michael Joseph says, a topic of interest, what is a good way to watch games not selected for TV coverage, obviously legally? Um, <laughs> if it's not selected for TV coverage, <laughs> you, your your options are limited other than going to the game. I mean, maybe obviously. maybe you could... Um... If you could, uh, there are some, there are a few high-rise flats that you could probably, maybe, possibly buy and True. get a yeah. kind of yeah. long-distance view yeah. into the into the stadium from. Yeah, um, yeah, a really powerful binoculars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, to be honest with you, you've put obviously league away. Now, this is an interesting thing. I think I've said this before on the Facebook page. Um, Facebook pages, Facebook will close the page without warning. It is like a cardinal sin if we were to ever post a stream for a Premier League game. And I see, whenever we post team news and stuff, people are like, oh, can you? Can people post or link me to a thing? And if I see it, I have to delete it, because if people do that, we could lose our page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've seen it before. There was a page, um, uh, they had like 80,000 Spurs fans. Wow. They've been established for like 10 years. Um, one of their admins posted a link to a game, and just like, you know, you can watch live here. Bang, gone. Page was gone. Uh, the Premier League have like a zero tolerance policy for it, and Facebook have to enforce it. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, we just don't take that chance at all. So, like, because the thing always makes me laugh is we put like if something's televised when we post the match, like, is it televised? No. And then I'll always see like a comment like, "Ha ha, yeah, it is. It's on <laughs> Ultra Sports." And I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I can't Cheers. say that." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's fine. I'm not. I can't point that out. But you know, I'm sure if people go online, they can find ways. So yeah, Michael. Um, basically, depending on where you are in the world as well. Uh, I know for a fact that, like in America, you can watch every game. Mm, mm. Um, it's like literally, you go match, select, bang, and they're all there via NBC. Uh, so I don't know if I mentioned. Uh, sorry, Sam, to interrupt. I don't know if I mentioned, but a few years back, I went to Vegas with my uh, my brother. And yeah. uh, we went to all, all the uh, all the big um, uh, casinos have like kind of a yeah. gambling area, don't they? With like the televisions, and we went into one of the big casinos, and they had about fifty huge screens. I mean, these were like third, like the, all of them that covered like a thirty foot by thirty foot space, you know, or even bigger oh, than that, wow, awesome. hundred yeah. foot, I suggest, like massive, massive. And we said to them, "Is there any way you can play the Spurs Fulham game?" And they put it on on the far bottom left hand corner screen, so we kind of <laughs> all huddled around that one screen, you know. But they, they, like you say, they do. If you go to America, you can. What they, they, ha- they do play yeah. all the games, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Every everyone's available because mm. um, of the TV rights to it. And I think that's the same in a number of countries. I don't know whether perhaps it's subscription services in different places, but yeah, it's definitely worth looking into outside of the UK watching. Premier League is really easy. Mm, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, you can literally watch any game. But, um, mate, I mean, it's been an absolutely packed show, um, so it's time to bring it to a close. A uh, big thank you for joining me. A massive thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, we're, we've added another 100 listeners recently, so welcome. Uh, big thank you for joining us. 
uh, tell a friend, keep it growing. Um, we appreciate all of you, and also get in touch. Uh, you can reach us on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Spurs News. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spurs1961. Uh, you can email us at sam at spursnews.co.uk. Check out the website. Uh, I think I've plugged everything now, so it's time to say goodbye. Uh, I'll speak to you, my friend, next week, hopefully after our 8-0 drumming of Crystal Palace. Fingers crossed. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.